Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, John Michael and Jim Jones. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. John Michael stepping back onto the radio side this week, joined by Cavalier legend, Jim Jones, the NBA schedule is out. The Cavaliers get it cooking in the preseason this weekend. Packed show, lots to talk about. Jimmy, always great to work with you. We've been off for nine months now, and in less than a week, the Cavs are finally back on the floor. Yeah, well, it's taken a while, John. Uh, uh, you Now, you haven't grown a beard or anything like that. I had, yeah, I had one. I uh, my hair was my hair was long. I had the mullet going again, but we're we're all shaped we're all shaped up and ready to go for this week. That uh, sounds great. It's been interesting, Jim. In that, I mean, for months and months, all kidding aside, we've had nothing but time on our hands. And then a couple of weeks ago, the NBA says, "All right, look, we're getting started before Christmas. Camps are going to be beginning December first. The Cavs are underway, currently practicing uh, at Cleveland Clinic Courts, uh, and off we go. So everybody's got to hit the ground running. You think about the draft picks, Jim. I mean, the latest the draft had ever been held in NBA history was June 30th. Now it's just a couple of weeks before camp, and Isaac Coro and the rest of the youngsters coming into the NBA uh, got to get moving. They got to get ready in a hurry. Yeah, they do, John. It's almost like being force-fed. And the unique thing about it is that uh, this kid is probably the kind of character guy that you want to have based upon the circumstances. He can deal with it. Yeah, and it's clear. I mean, it, you know, you like what you've heard so far out of the 19-year-old. We're going to talk more about Isaac Okoro as this show rolls on, but I think he personifies what the Cavs are all about this season, and that's defense. I mean, to a man, each player has been saying that's got to be our new identity. J.B. Bickerstaff has made no secret that this team, uh, that's where the emphasis is going to be. You know what, and that's what J.B.'s been famous for since his days at uh, Memphis and then the, his uh, stand at Houston, he's always stressed defense. And uh, the, they gave us a flavor of it when they won 5 out of 11 to end the season. 
No question. Some quality wins during that stretch as well, including a 22-point comeback over Miami, which turned out, of course, to be the Eastern Conference champions. All right, we're going to take a break. Like I said, tons to talk about. We're going to talk about the battle at the small forward position. More on Isga Koro. The Cavaliers have size all of a sudden. And to talk about that when we come back, our featured guest in the first half, it is Cavalier legend Campy Russell right here on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. The NBA schedule is out. The Cavaliers are set to open the regular season at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse Wednesday night against the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of eyes, a lot of ears on that game as LaMelo Ball will make his NBA debut. Gordon Hayward will make his Hornet debut, and it happens right here in downtown Cleveland, 7 o'clock tip. The Cavaliers prior to that will play four preseason games, two at home against the Pacers, two on the road against the Knicks, and the Cavs will kick off the preseason schedule Saturday. Uh, that's a game at home against Indiana. That tips at 7 o'clock. John Michael, Jim Jones right here on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. And without any further ado, let's get to our featured guest. It is Campy Russell. Campy, always great to catch up with you. Jimmy and I were just saying we can't wait to get going again after we've been waiting around for nine months. Uh, what have been your first impressions of Cavalier Camp, which began December 1st? We've been hearing from players. We've been hearing from J.B. Bickerstaff nearly every day. Well, let's start here before your impressions. Let's talk defense, Camp. I mean, that's something we've heard out of virtually every player. Uh, what does this team need to do to, to get where it needs to be on that defensive end of the floor? And as Jimmy mentioned on the other side of the break, we saw a glimpses of it after the all-star break at the end of last season and i believe jim was absolutely right uh by that assessment that he made in terms of the how the cavaliers did get better uh defensively um over those last 12 games and they, they definitely have something to build on and the fact that we went out and got javel mcgee as well as sign maker um and then we added isaac okora to our mix uh, I think we're moving without a doubt in the right direction as it relates to our defensive side of the ball because we picked up a lot of length. We picked up a guy in terms of Okoro who is, uh, was a very good defensive player on the college level. And I'm going to always say college level until he can prove to me that he can play, uh, be a solid defensive player in our league because that's a big jump. But the good thing I like about him is I like his confidence in terms of a coral. I like his toughness that he brings to the court, uh, his size, his body. So to me, uh, he has the right attitude and the right mentality. So I'm just anxious to see how he's going to play out as it relates to his defensive prowess at our level of the NBA. But I'm really, I really feel good about where we're going defensively, and J.B. Bickerstaff, uh, I'm excited for him to be in a position to uh, take this team and put his stamp on this Cavalier basketball team. You bring up something interesting there, Cam, and I have a question for you, Jim. I mean, you think about last year at this time. I mean, first of all, the regular season was underway at this time, but the tallest guys the Cavs had at this time last season, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, and Ante Zizic in a limited role. All right, you head into this season with 6'11", Andre Drummond, Seven-footer JaVale McGee, seven-footer Thon Maker, Jimmy. How does that change things maybe philosophically for J.B. Bickerstaff heading into this season? Well, I think, John, what they did is uh, 
the end of the season team assessment, it's very obvious where they went and can't be addressed it and so have you. Defense, size, and the small forward spot. You know, that's where this team is going to change and has to improve if, if, if they're going to get better sooner. Because if you look now, there's been a paradigm shift in the dominance of the big man seems to be back. And then when you look also at who's doing a lot of the scoring, it looks like uh, everybody's shifting from the two guard to the small forward now. So, you know, you know, so you've got to get somebody to stop somebody. You've got to be able to match up in size. And you have to get timely stops in order to win good games against the good teams. Camp, your thoughts? Well, and my thoughts regarding that, I like the length of JaVale, Thon Maker, um, and then you add Marquise Bolden to that mix as well, and, of course, Drummond. And to me, I think it's going to be about how well we can defend because I believe we have enough guys that can score the ball out there and how tough we're going to be on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to be the determining fact. Those are going to be the two determining factors as it relates to how quickly or how how good that this Cavalier team can be during this course of this year. John Michael and Jim Jones joined by Campy Russell here on Cavs HQ. You guys talked about the small forward position, and J.B. Bickerstaff has said, look, it's it's an open competition right now. They're going to have to earn a starting spot. So we have three players there. We have the incumbent in Jetty Osmond. We have the number five overall draft pick in Isaac Coro, and let's not forget about the number 26 pick of last season, Dylan Windler, who was unable to play last season because of injury. He's getting ready to make his NBA debut. We've heard from all three of these players after some of these camp practices, guys, and I think what's been refreshing is that all three have welcomed the challenge, even Jetty. I mean, you, you can see how the incumbent might bristle with some young guys trying to come in, taking that starting spot. Jetty said, yeah, you know, I've had an open conversation with JB. We have to earn it at this spot. Uh, it's healthy, right, Jim? I mean, as we come into this camp, uh, that competition for that small forward spot as guys are pushing each other, and all three players have said we're comfortable with it as well. We like that competition here in camp right now. Yeah, and you know they need it because they don't have a lot of time to prepare. So, so, uh, so there's a certain urgency for somebody to stand out. But uh, John and Campy, the other thing is that Okora is a very physical player. One of the things I thought that hurt Jetty is that when he got fatigued, and you look down the bench, there was nobody there as far as the physical matchup. So, so, so now you, you can even throw Wendler in there. If you're thinking about a three-point shot, you can throw Dotson in there. So they're looking at some flexibility from the three because if you're going to get past Boston and uh, you're going to get past Miami or you're going to compete against them, you have to have a small forward who can defend and he also has to be able to create shots for others You know, if his own shot is minimized. Well, in that respect, I think that is what that small forward position is. Is a all-purpose kind of guy that has size, speed, toughness, length, the ability, as Jimmy just talked about, to make plays for others as well as get baskets for himself, and to be able, just to be that versatile tool that you have in your box that will allow that position to really help this Cavalier team on both sides of the ball. So for me, those three guys, I'm glad they're looking at it that way from a standpoint of competing against each other because clearly 
if they go out and compete against each other and compete against each other very hard, all that's going to do is help everybody's game go to a different level. So to me, I think that's something, and I'm glad to hear that they are inviting that and they are encouraged by that. So for me, I think we just need to get more productivity and more consistent productivity from that small forward position. Yeah, and the words I'm hearing from you guys are, are physicality uh, and, you know, playing with an edge out on that perimeter. And I don't think there's any question that's why the Cavs went out and took Isaac Okoro at that five spot. We've heard good things out of J.B. Bickerstaff about Okoro's performance in camp. He said his natural abilities show well, but what J.B. is most impressed with is that you only need to tell Isaac something once and he gets it. He's paying attention to both the offensive and defensive systems being put in. He's fit in nicely. He was asked about Cleveland, and Isaac said, Cleveland is just like I am, nice, relaxing, and chill. Seems like a guy who's already fitting uh, into the system, well-liked by his teammates already, Jim. Yeah, and you know what? That's what makes it so tough. You know, you don't have a lot of time to find a place. Uh, you, you know, your family or whoever you represent is going to come in town and try to help you set up. The 19 years old, you know, um, you know, Sexton's family, I thought they were magnificent because they were so hands-on off the court that he was able to focus on the court. Yeah, and when you look at Okoro, I mean, he comes out of a program campy. You know, he joins Bruce Pearl's team that was fresh off a of Final Four appearance for the Auburn Tigers, goes in, fits seamlessly, plays two ways, and you, you listen to Pearl talk, and he talks not about just his aggressiveness, but also his willingness to do the little things. J.B. Biggerstuff says, you know, he's a, he's a coach's dream, the kind of player that you don't need to call plays for. You look up at the end of the game, he might have 10 or 12 points, draws parallels to, you know, the Teron Lou Tristan Thompson run where the Cavs were heading to the finals. They never drew plays for Tristan, but Tristan ended up with his points, ended up with his rebounds, did all the little things, and I think you can draw some parallels with what the Cavs are expecting Okoro to do out there, all be in a different position, but to bring that same grit and tenacity out there on the floor on both ends. Well, truly, they are different positions, but the, the, the key is what you talked about in terms of the toughness, the still the ability to rebound the ball and do other things out there on the floor. And for me, when you're talking about a small forward, that position, as I always say, is, uh, is really the most powerful position out there on the floor because of what is expected to defend, to rebound, to guard the power forwards, to get matched up on centers sometimes, to guard the two, to guard the, the one. That, that position is a powerful position, and I believe Okoro have the ability to do all those things. So that is why I'm excited by the fact that we have picked this young man up and he is bringing that toughness. And in our league, particularly at that position, you have to bring a lot of toughness on both ends of the court. And for me, one of the things everybody's talked about is his uh, inability or not as good of an outside shooter as he should be. But I'm not concerned about that. I believe that he will become a much better shooter and a much better scorer because I just believe that this young man has all the, all the ingredients to be an outstanding player in our league. And Dylan Windler said that just the other day. He said, don't sleep on Okoro's shooting ability. Uh, Dylan Windler even said, who's in competition with him for that small forward spot, that it, it might be underrated. Okoro can shoot the ball. We're going to take a break. By the way, with that draft uh, pick of Okoro, he became Auburn's first lottery pick since Chris Morris went number four back in 1988. Okoro joined Morris, Chuck Person, and Charles Barkley as the Tigers' only 
lottery picks. When we come back, we'll talk backcourt, more Campy Russell, more Jim Jones, more Cavaliers on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. We welcome you back to Cavs HQ with Cavalier legend Jim Jones. I am merely John Michael. We're joined by our featured guest here in the first half. It is Cavalier legend Campy Russell. We talked bigs on the other side of the break. We talked small forwards on the other side of the break. Let's talk backcourt. Campy, Colin Sexton made significant jumps from his first pro season to his second pro season. Down the stretch, last five games, scored 25 points or more each of those five games. J.B. Bickerstaff has said this year that he was impressed with that Colin was starting to see things a little bit better. The game was slowing down. He was making his teammates better in that last handful of games, 5-10, to 10, uh, heading into the stoppage. What did you see out of Colin Sexton? What do you expect out of him in this year, number three? Well, there's one thing about Colin Sexton that we all know is that he is not afraid to go out and compete and to get better. So as the season wore on last year, we all saw that he took a major leap in terms of, number one, slowing down a little bit or using that speed at the right time, meaning you know, off speed, on speed, just being blazing. I thought he did a great job of that. He started seeing the floor more. And the game just kind of slowed down for him. And consequently, he started making plays out there on the floor as well. So, for me, Colin Sexton is the guy that is a willing competitor, and he is willing to do whatever is necessary to help his basketball team. So, for me, I'm looking forward to another big step by Colin Sexton because, again, he's willing to put in the work. Jimmy, what are those next steps? Where, where does he go from here? What do you want to see uh, him do? Where should his game go in your eyes in, in this third season? You know, one of the things I think, you know, when you look at uh, look at Sexton's, I, I always think of courage. You know, he, he couldn't be intimidated. A lot of people tried to be physical with him. And he just kept coming at you. He's very competitive. He has a championship spirit. You know, he won't give in. You know, he, he just keeps playing no matter the circumstances or the score. And I love that about him. But I think his running mate, Garland, who, who everyone has told me has gotten better. And uh, you put those two young kids out there, an athletic Sexton, an athletic Drummond, and an athletic Okoro, now we can compete with the upper echelon teams at, at, at least in – at least on the floor, as as far as matchups are concerned, because we have the ability to be athletic. And it's interesting you bring up Darius Garland. I, I mean, Camby, he, he to me, I, I think to, to some might be the X factor. Okay, I mean, we saw him last season at, at limited play in college, all of five games, a grand total of five contests for his entire collegiate career at Vanderbilt. He gets thrown into the deep end last season with the Cavs. Coming along, we, we saw glimpses of why the Cavs drafted him, that range. He was on pace to break the Cavs' rookie record for threes in the season uh, when the season was halted. And now we hear that at the local bubble uh, that the Cavs had a, a couple of months ago, he was the best player. He was the standout. So, I mean, if, if Darius Garland will make that leap that, that maybe we saw Colin Sexton make or maybe in a slightly different way, it, it changes the dynamic of this team, doesn't it, Camp? 
And you're absolutely right, John. I think that was the most encouraging thing that I heard was that he was the best player during the bubble during the bubble time. And for me, it looks as though his confidence, which I thought was very good last year, and I know a lot of people were down on him because I believe that they were expecting more out of a young kid who, as you just talked about, only played five games in college, and now he's in our league in the NBA and they were expecting too much. And I thought he did a good job for coming in, being a point guard in our league. I thought he held his own for the most part. Yes, there was criticism on the defensive side of the ball. But one thing for sure, I believe that in this league, as you see guys and see the guys that you're going to have to compete against, you start kind of getting a better understanding of what they can and cannot do or where their weaknesses are. So for me, I believe we look at Darius, He's definitely going to make another jump this year in terms of understanding our league, understanding the people that he has to play against. And he came into camp stronger, bigger and stronger. So I think that both of those things will definitely help him going forward. Yeah, you said it, Camp. I mean, by all accounts, he's put on good weight, muscle weight. And he said, you know, I'm just growing into my body. I mean, I was only 19 years of age. I need that size to be able to fight through screens uh, on the defensive end. Campy Russell, can't wait to see you on the pregame and postgame shows on Fox Sports Ohio. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Jimmy. Talk to you guys later. We will step away for just a moment. More Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams right after this. On Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin Williams. Cavaliers preseason is set to kick off Saturday night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, seven o'clock tip against the Pacers. I got to tell you, I mean, one thing we've missed since the NBA restart really is the fans. I mean, missed the most. We're hoping to get fans back in the seats as soon and as safely as possible. Cavs have worked feverishly uh, to make this happen uh, over the past several months. The Cavs, in collaboration with the NBA. They've worked closely with the Cleveland Clinic, the city of Cleveland, the state of Ohio, and industry-leading venue consultants and partners to devise a comprehensive return-to-venue plan that prioritizes health and safety as they're looking to get people back here to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Now, the plan comes following the facility receiving third-party certification and rating by both the Global Biorisk Advisory Council and the Well-Building Institute for its proactive and progressive initiatives to help protect the health and safety of all those who visit. Now, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse was the first sports and entertainment venue in the state of Ohio and was one of the first in the nation to achieve these industry-leading certifications and ratings. This is a big deal. We're trying to get fans safely back in the building where they belong here in the NBA. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with the second half of Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams, the voice of the Detroit Pistons. Mark Champion will be joining us. The Cavs face the Pistons in Detroit the day after Christmas. First road game of the season. Won't want to miss it. Back with more after this.
John Michael and Cavalier legend Jim Jones back here on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. The preseason is only a handful of days away. The Cavs open up against the Pacers at home Saturday and next Monday. And then a pair of games in New York against the Knicks Wednesday and Friday. The regular season begins at home against the Charlotte Hornets Wednesday the 23rd. As mentioned, a lot of eyes, a lot of ears on that game. The Hornet debut of Gordon Hayward, the NBA debut of LaMelo Ball. Then the Cavs' first road game will be in Motown against the Pistons the day after Christmas. Uh, this time, this season, teams in the division will meet only three times, usually four games against divisional teams in the NBA with a reduced schedule, only three. It is my pleasure to bring on our featured guest here in the second half of the show. It is Mark Champion, fabulous play-by-play voice of the Pistons, one of the real good guys in the league. Hey, Mark, Jim and I are really hoping you didn't bring your partner Mahorn to join us on the show. <laughs> well, you know, I thought about it, but then uh, I know he would make uh, life absolutely miserable for Jim, so I decided not to. Yeah, we're thank you. We're trying to maintain some semblance of decorum around this place, so we we certainly exactly. appreciate. <laughs> Mark's been a witness to the brutality <laughs> that uh, Mahorn puts on me. You know, but he's got such a he's got such a soft heart, Bill. <laughs> oh yeah, we we know it's all bluff. <laughs> you can find it. That's right. Hey, God, Mark. Uh, everything's everything's been good here. Uh, you know, uh, obviously we're blessed to to avoid the uh, uh, you know the COVID pandemic here, and, and Pistons are doing their due diligence. Uh, uh, you know, they've really taken steps to to mitigate any any issues, and so far, so good. You know, we're the only negative about it is I'm sure you're facing is that we're we're pretty much locked out. Uh, you know, obviously we can't watch practice, we can't have contact with the players or the coaches, and so everything has to be done via Zoom. And uh, it's kind of it is what it is. It's kind of the new the new NBA at least for this season. Different times, no question about it. You know, it's, it's a different Piston team as well, Mark. New GM Troy Weaver has been putting his fingerprints uh, all over this roster. Let's talk free agency first. What have been your impressions of uh, what's taken place over the last couple of weeks and how this new Detroit lineup's going to look? Well, we were one of three teams, I think, uh, the Knicks and Atlanta, the other two that had a considerable cap space. And so – you know, this was not supposed to be a a big year for free agency. That's supposed to be coming next season. However, Troy, uh, you know, it, it, in a rebuilding, or, or as he likes to use the term, restoring this team, uh, he was able to spend the money and, and sign some players who can help us out. He didn't sign any, any bad contracts. I mean, there's nothing more than three years on, on anybody. Uh, so, and the players he did bring in, I mean, I, I thought of, of all the free agents he brought in, I thought Jeremy Grant was the best mm-hmm. by far. Uh, I mean, he's a terrific player. He could help a lot of teams, and he certainly will help us at a position that, uh, that we've needed help, and that's at small forward. So, you know, he's obviously going to be a starter there, and, and he's very athletic and can play defense. And so I think that was a great addition. And then I, I think – with Mason Plumley coming in and, and uh, even to the local four, they fill particular roles on this team that Troy's talked about. It's not the case as well, we're going to give them X amount of millions of dollars and just bring them in. They were brought in for specific reasons. So, and again, not 
for lengthy, expensive contracts. Uh, so he was able to wheel and deal. I mean, we started out the draft with one pick. We didn't have a second round. Uh, we end up with four players. We had three first-round picks and, and a second-round pick and really didn't give up a whole lot to get those. So that, that's been, you know, the, the good part about it. You know, I was, I was looking at the kid, uh, Sadiq Bay. Interesting. Yes. He's not super athletic, but he can shoot. He can defend. He's physical. He may be, he may, he may be that steal in that first round. I think you're right. We just talked to him today after practice, and he is, um, you know, the thing that, that Dwayne Casey likes about him is he's at Villanova, as you know, that Villanova toughness that they have at that school. And, and Casey, that's Coach Kyle Lowry, and, and uh, who else do you have? Foy. He had Foy from uh, Villanova. So, you know, Bay, um, he likes a whole lot. He worked with Blake uh, Griffin at the offseason out in Los Angeles. And uh, I, I, I agree. I think he has the potential to, be, to really be a steal of the draft. I mean, we got him at uh, 19 via trade with Brooklyn. But, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And the other kid, you know, the other kid, Isaiah Stewart, I think, is going to be a, a terrific player. He can play the four or the five. And, and has good size, and, and uh, but the kid they really like is, is Killian Hayes, who was our, our top yes, first-round pick. Right. And, mm-hmm. and uh, this kid has been playing pro ball since he was 16, and, and he, he and you can tell it. I mean, you can tell it in, in, in the way he plays. And, and he's being mentored now by Derek Rose, and Hayes is going to start. I mean, Derek, uh, Dwayne Casey's made that clear that Hayes will start, and Derek will come off the bench because – they need to monitor his minutes as well as Blake, Blake Griffin. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the way it'll be to start anyway. It sounds like, you know, the, the plan is in place, and you touched upon it, Mark. I mean, no more Andre Drummond. Obviously, he's on our side of the border now. And uh, no more Reggie Jackson, of course, dealt at the deadline last season. You, you had these, I don't know if holes are the right word, but spots that needed filled and, and through free agency and through the draft. Uh, it looks like those certainly have been addressed. I, it starts with Hayes, doesn't it? I mean, there's got to be some yeah. excitement. Yeah. And, you you know, you, you touched on it on that part of it as well, excitement about Hayes. And you have a good guy there in Derek. Eric Rose, who is happy, it seems, about mentoring this young man. Yeah, I think so. I think Derek understands where he is and his, his basketball life. And, you know, whether he stays with us the whole year, I mean, who knows? Uh, this team not taking away anything from Reggie Jackson. But, you know, he was not a true point guard. And, and that's what this, uh, you know, the Pistons have been looking for, is a guy who can truly play that position. And, and they think they have that now Kelly. you know one of the things i was looking at the, the moves you made now you've got jeremy grant you got sadiq bay and uh, i was also looking at isaiah stewart which which you mentioned but last year i was impressed with Sekou. how do you say that uh Dum, dumbuya yes mm-hmm. or dumbaya yeah 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 i i just thought he was super athletic i thought he played with a lot of aggressiveness I thought he was very young as, as far as our game was concerned, but but the kid competed. I'm, I mean, I think your end-of-the-season assessment was very similar to ours. Everybody's trying to cover some small forward play. Well, yeah, Seku is, is a kid that they are hoping takes the next step. Uh, he, he had a, uh, a period there of uh, maybe 
half a dozen games uh, where he really, really played well. He had back-to-back double-doubles and, and then had a 20-plus point game. And, and then suddenly it kind of kind of went south on him a little bit, and he, and he struggled the rest of the, uh, the season. Uh, so he's worked hard in the offseason. He's got his body in better shape. I think that was the biggest thing about him is just the physical play in the NBA. And so I think he worked on that a lot in the offseason to get stronger and uh, as well as working on his game. So he's, he's definitely a factor on this team. I, I, would, doubt he would, uh, I would doubt he would start, but, uh, you know, who knows. But the team that's – I mean, we have, if you count everybody on the roster, our training camp roster – 15 of our 20 guys weren't even here last year. 15. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, Mark, before we let you go, <laughs> let me ask you this question. For, for fans who are going to be watching the Pistons early in the season, in terms of what Dwayne Casey wants to do and what are the points of emphasis moving forward, the Detroit Pistons will get off to a good start this season if they do what in what areas? Well, the two things would be not turn the ball over. Uh, that's one of the things that just drove uh, Dwayne crazy, mm-hmm. uh, too many turnovers. So cleaning that up and playing defense. I mean, that's his thing. Uh, a number of these players they brought in, like the Jeremy Grants and Rodney McGruders, uh, DeLon Wright and, and those type players play defense. And uh, the two kids, two, at least two of the four, maybe all four of them, they drafted play defense. So those two things, uh, no turnovers and play defense. Mark, always appreciate the time. Uh, well, I was going to say, can't wait to see you this year. Man, we might not see you this year, but uh, well, it looks like we're going to have to zoom. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll zoom with you. Maybe not Mahorn, but uh, but we'll hope to catch up with you right. uh, throughout the course of the season. Thanks again, buddy. Have a great year. Thank you, Mark. Okay, you too, fellas. Thank you. Bye. Good luck. All right, our thanks to Mark Champion. Interesting start for the season, Jim. The Cavs open up against the Hornets, then take on a Detroit team that's in a frankly a pretty similar situation to the Cavs right now you know they're making in Detroit I mean that we're talking about an overhaul you heard what Mark said 15 of the 20 guys in camp are new guys you know and they're trying to make something happen here with that team Uh, they're making some moves you have to give them credit I'm interested to see what this team's going to look like on the 26th I like youth but uh youth can be so uh, they're looking for a hard because they don't have a lot of veterans other than Griffin and the question with him is can he stay healthy you know, and no one knows that because he hasn't been healthy for the last six, seven years. But I think he gives them leadership. But I like what they're doing as far as getting more athletic and then covering. John, let me say one thing. I know we don't have much time. But that small forward spot has become so prominent in our league. And those players like Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kawhi and, and uh, even Paul George, that's that's where the scoring is going. And if you don't have those guys, Jimmy Butler, you can't win. Isn't it funny how that's become a money spot on both ends of the floor too, Jim, right? I mean, you, yeah, if, you can't stop, right. if you can't stop small forwards, you can't win either, right? No, you're exactly right, John. So it will be interesting to see uh, Pistons, of course, in the Cavaliers division. And, again, the Cavs lock horns with the Pistons on the 26th at the start of a back-to-back as the Cavs will take on Philadelphia on the 27th. Lots of intrigue to the start of the season. We'll take another break and be back with more right after this. We'll take another look at Cavs camp as it continues heading into the first preseason game on Saturday night. Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams.
Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Sherwin-Williams, John Michael and Cavs legend, Jim Jones. You know, it's interesting, Jim, we were talking about the, the long layoff. I mean, the Cavs haven't played since mid-March, nine months off. Uh, for this team, it gets back on the floor on Saturday the 12th, uh, hosting Indiana at home. And we were talking to J.B. Bickerstaff about that earlier this week, and he was talking about the competitive juices during the layoff. And he said his competitive juices, he was so hungry to do anything, he found himself yelling at referees in his kids' eight- and nine-year-old <laughs> soccer games because he couldn't contain himself. But this, this, team, yeah, right, this team's excited to get back on the floor, aren't they? Yeah, they are. You know, this this is such a challenge for everyone, us us included, and even little Jake, your son. <laughs> you know, and I know he can't wait to get up there and read the stats and sit next to us <laughs> like he used to do all the time. But uh, but uh, John, this is this is what uh, makes character. It it develops character because you're able to put those things to the side and do your job to the best of your ability. These are all just fundamental changes and challenges that we all have to go through, especially these young men that are going to have to take the floor and be productive. I think the themes we've been hearing out of camp have been really good ones. You know, we hear buzzwords like accountability. Uh, we, yes. We've heard that time and time again. Defense we talked about in the first half of the show. JB said th this, look, at the end of the day, there's two things we can control each and every game. One, to put the most competitive team on the floor every night, and two, the most unselfish team on the floor every night. And if we do that, there's no question we're going to make strides and continue to ramp up uh, from where we left off last season. Yeah, and it's fun to play like that, John. It takes some of the stress off of, off of your production and, your, and it allows you to focus strictly and play selfless. Because that's what these coaches are. That's what they're concerned about. How will my team perform in crunch time? How will they start the game? No fans. You know, you know, can they stay motivated? Can they stay focused enough to give ourselves a chance to win these games? There's a lot of intangibles that have to be considered. But the most important thing is just what you said, JB, surfaced and focused on. Yeah, you know, when you say selfless, it brings up another point that we talked about with JB, which is, you know, these times that we're in right now and, and not only needing to be flexible but needing to uh, in terms of your team being responsible to stay on the floor I mean JB said it himself you bring 20 guys into camp you can put 13 into every game but he said look this season guys 14 through 20 we're paying a little extra attention to because like we've seen in other sports guys are going in and out of the lineup because of protocols sure. that are taking place. We've got to be ready. Uh, you know, Canton, the Cavs NBA G League affiliate, we need to be in tune with them that we can bring guys up at a moment's notice because that's going to be a really important part, it looks like, of having success in the NBA this season. And they call it managing, you know, you know, managing people, uh, managing the, the possibilities that, uh, that, that change will happen, that something will challenge your current flow and how do we make adjustments and still be competitive that's why this this week or these seven eight days in particular are so important to put that in these players mindsets and it's it's tricky jim i mean you know you've been in these situations you've seen loads of camps but maybe never one no. like this mm -mm. where you have to bounce i mean there's so much stuff to get in 
in terms of the offense and the defense and things you need to teach, yet you're dealing with some guys who haven't been, you know, playing live game action in nine months. You know, it's a fine line, and how do you make that work? How do you put that mix together? That's going on with all 30 teams right now to try to figure out how, how to make this work most efficiently. Yeah, and uh, most teams that are successful, they don't have to worry about their starting five, but they do have to worry about sixth, seventh, and eighth because those guys know how to play. Uh, They've been through the wars together. Now, in our case, and in Detroit's case, and in in about six other teams around around the league, this is a full-time gig (laughs) because you've got to develop a starting five, You've got tons of new faces. You're trying to maintain continuity. And all of these intangibles affect the ability to compete every night. You're talking about that, that, you know, having guys who are able to come off the bench and be successful. I think when you look at what the Cavs did during the offseason, they made a lot of nice, quiet, under-the-radar moves. You know, you think about bringing in a, a Thon maker or even a Damian Dotson. I mean, Dotson was a starter in New York two seasons ago. Guys who can provide, you know, some veteran experience off that bench if they're in that position once we start the season. JaVale McGee obviously is an important example, three-time champion. He's been through the wars before. He knows how to play in big games. And, and quietly, that depth has gotten better, Jim, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, uh, you're all over, John. I wish that we'd have had this depth a couple of years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because if you look at that one series in particular, for two years, McGee would start the game and get us out of our flow in the first quarter, and then we would have to ha- have to make it up in three quarters. You know, this guy can have tremendous impact, tremendous experience, He'll push. He'll push Drummond some nights. On those nights when Drummond just can't seem to get it happening, this kid can come in and give us a boost. Won championships, did McGee with the Warriors in 17 and 18, and also with the Lakers just a couple of months ago. We'll take our final break. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ. We're going to wrap things up next. Close up shop on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin Williams and here to open up the season for the Cavaliers. It starts this week, preseason, downtown Cleveland, Saturday. The Cavaliers tip off against the Pacers at 7 o'clock. They do it again Monday night at home. That's a 6 o'clock tip. That's the way it's going to work a lot this season. Uh, Some back-to-backs against the same team trying to minimize travel as much as possible. The Cavs will complete the preseason with another back-to-back. That's in New York against the Knicks. Wednesday the 16th, Friday the 18th, 7.30 starts. You can catch all the action right here on the Cavaliers Radio Network, also on the television side on Fox Sports Ohio. And then December 23rd, that is Wednesday night, the Cavaliers host the Charlotte Hornets. Gordon Hayward signing a big, big contract. Will make his Hornet debut. And LaMelo Ball, the third overall pick in the draft, will make his NBA debut. So will Isaac Okoro of the Cavaliers, and that were five picks selected at two 
after LaMelo Ball. It should be fun. The Cavs' first road game is then Saturday the 26th against Detroit. Again, all your coverage all season long right here on the Cavaliers radio network and on the television side on Fox Sports Ohio. Thanks to our guest, the play-by-play man of the Pistons, Mark Champion, Cavalier legend Campy Russell. For another Cavs legend, Jim Jones, I'm John Michael saying so long. Welcome to the season, everyone. This has been Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams.